Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this is episode 132. I'm back. (laughs) I took a week off, as you guys know, to spend some time with family. Uh, It was a great trip. I will talk about more, more about that in a moment. I was, as you know, I had said, you know, I wasn't that worried about leaving the cats. And of course, they were fine. I wasn't gone for very long, uh, basically just a long weekend. Um, Got home, cats were fine. I didn't, of course, miss them (laughs) while I was gone. Um, I don't even know if they noticed I was gone, or at least that's what I was thinking. You know, they're not even going to notice I'm gone. But they were both very clingy for several days. Like I literally couldn't go anywhere without them being very close behind me. now, of course, we're, I'm back into my routine and, and they've kind of settled back into their routine. But as I mentioned, I do have another trip coming up next month. So, um, and that one's a little bit longer, you know, longer, long weekend. Um, I think they'll be fine. You know, I I know they'll be fine. I, I will just miss them and probably have to deal with a little bit more clinginess when I get back. But this trip was was really nice. It was um, I got to see my mom and uh, two out of three sisters and, of course, my aunts and cousins and um, cousins that I don't get to see very often. So that's always nice. I, uh, as you know, grew up in Buffalo. And in Buffalo, uh, we had my dad's family nearby. So that side of the family I saw very often. Um, my grandfather, I saw almost every single day, but my mom's side of the family, um, many of them while I was growing up were in either Panama or other parts of the country, not near Buffalo. So I didn't get to see them very often growing up. So any time that I can spend now with them as an adult is such a blessing. And, and I'm really grateful that uh, many of my mom's family members are still here. So I can get to, to spend time with them and, and enjoy their company. And so that is, that is really nice. And, and the trip was nice. Um, you know, of course, it's always nice to come back home after a trip too. I I noticed that actually this isn't anything new, but especially the last few years, I've always kind of been this way to a certain degree where um, I like quiet. You know, growing up in my house, it was five women and my dad. And anyone who has sisters knows that <laughs> the house isn't usually quiet, right? When, when there's a bunch of sisters in the house, somebody's always mad. Somebody's always, you know, not happy about something going on and they're very vocal about it. So, and usually not just one person at a time. So my house growing up was at times chaotic, but even when someone wasn't angry, even when we were just celebrating, there, there was always kind of a lot going on at once. Well, once I became an adult and moved out, you know, even my marriage years, it was just the two of us. And and then, you know, myself and John, it was just the two of us. Now it's just me and my cats. And that's been the case for several years. So my life, my day-to-day life is very quiet. So when I'm kind of removed from that situation and put into a situation where I'm 
again, surrounded by family and everyone's kind of talking at once and there's a lot of different conversations all happening at once, I can get overwhelmed. And it's not that I'm not enjoying my time with them, but it's almost like sensory overload. So I find myself taking breaks from it, you know, um, removing myself, going for a little walk, going outside, getting some air. And I guess I did that a lot (laughs) because one of the days my watch told me that I had over 7,000 steps and I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be right. Because I, I didn't feel like I had walked that much, but I don't know, I, unless something's wrong with my with my Apple Watch and it was counting steps that weren't steps. I don't know. But I was kind of inspired by that, right? Because I've talked to you guys about how I don't know how anyone gets to 10,000 steps a day because I can't get there. But I figured if I could get like, you know, 7,500 and not even realize maybe if I put some actual effort into it, I could get there. So... I had a perfect opportunity yesterday at an eye appointment. Um, I have a target that's not that far from my house. And I made an appointment there. And when I looked it up, I saw it was like just under two miles away. And I thought, well, I could do that. And I'll just walk there. And, you know, if I get to Target and go crazy buying stuff, I could always just take an Uber home. So... Took the walk, got there. It was a beautiful day. It was um, a little bit overcast, which was perfect because, you know, I think walking in, you know, <laughs> that sunshine, kind of the hottest part of the day because it was around one. It, it might have been too much for me. I don't know if I could have done it, but it wasn't bad. Good breeze. Get to Target. Got there a little early. Walked around mm, a little bit and then had my appointment and then I walked around for maybe another half an hour because, you know, it's Target. I You can't just go into Target and not buy anything, right? I think there's a rule somewhere that says that. So walked around maybe another half an hour, picked up a few things, nothing much. Not so much definitely that I couldn't walk home. So I figured, well, I don't, I, walking here wasn't so bad. I can, I can walk home. Started walking home. And I noticed it's starting to get a little bit more cloudy, (laughs) a little bit more cloudy. And rainstorms in Florida are unlike anything I have experienced anywhere that I've lived. They come on. It's like it's like turning on a faucet. They come on and and can shut off just as quickly. So I'm walking home. I'm about halfway home when I start to feel like the first sprinkles. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, that's not so bad. I'll just keep going. And in the meanwhile, I'm passing stores along the way, right? <laughs> Any store. I could have stopped and waited it out. But I just figured, well, I don't mind the rain and it's not cold. So I'll just keep going. Well, no sooner did I say that. And all of a sudden, the skies opened up and it poured. I mean, poured. It was lightning. It was thundering. The skies were angry. And I was soaked. Soaked. I I was like, I. you know when you think you just can't possibly get any wetter and then suddenly you do? It was, <laughs> finally, I was like, okay, well, 
I'm going to have to stop because I just didn't think the rain was going to gonna let up. So I did, um, I kind of stood under an awning, closed store, had an awning. I stood under there for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so waiting for the rain to let up. And, and then I got home. But man, by the time I got home, it was like peeling off my clothes. Everything was soaked. My sneakers, I still soaked. I, I Those are going to take a, a couple of days to dry. But it was all worth it because at the end of the day, when I looked at my Apple watch, I had over 11,000 steps. And between the trip there and the trip home and the walking that I did around Target, I guess, I had, uh, I think it was like almost six miles, which again, I, I didn't notice. I wasn't like putting any effort into it, but I kind of realized that it is something I can do, which is exciting. I mean, yes, I was tired. Yes, I was wet. Yes, my legs were sore, but not so bad. You know, like my ankle was pretty sore last night. I just took a couple of Advil. It feels pretty good today. Like no issues. That's something I could handle. And then I noticed, because I was looking around at like, okay, well, where are other places I could walk that are close to me? I have a library that's like two miles away. I could do that. I love the library. I, the, I didn't even know I had a library in my neighborhood. So that's going to be my next, you know, I miss going to the beach. I definitely do. But if I can replace it with, you know, something else that I love, like the library, I will do that. TV podcast recommendations. I do have a new podcast that I just listened to. It's called Scamanda. Okay. S-C-A-M-A-N-D-A. Scamanda. It's about Amanda Riley, a young mom. She used her blog and her church influence to raise over $100,000 for her cancer treatments. Well, with a name like Scamanda, she didn't have cancer. And you guys know I love a good con. This was good. It is troubling, obviously, with the cancer, the fake cancer aspect, uh, but it is good. It's well done. It's only, well, I don't think it's five episodes total. There are five episodes out right now. Each episode is around 45 minutes. I have listened to all five. I really like it. And I think new episodes come out. Oh, I'm not sure if it's weekly. It could be every other week because the last one was June 5th. And I don't think there's been one since then, but it's very good. And then for TV... I watched season one of Cruel Summer, just kind of on a whim. I was sort of hoping it would be like Pretty Little Liars, and it is. Uh, season one was very good. It's a freeform series. It's available on Hulu right now. Um, lots of twists and turns. Definitely like a young adult show, but I liked it. I started season two. I was surprised to see it's an entirely new story. No, none of the same cast carries over to season two. I'm not as crazy about season two. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to continue watching it, but I did like season one. Then yesterday, I watched two new things on Peacock. 
The first was a movie called Renfield. Now, I have been waiting for this movie to come out on any one of my apps for a while, and it is finally here. It stars Nicholas Holt as Renfield, who is trying to find a way out of his abusive relationship with his boss, Dracula. <laughs> and Dracula, of course, is played by Nicolas Cage. It also stars Ben Schwartz and Aquafina as Rebecca. It is as good as I hoped it would be. It is funny. It is gross. It's very bloody. But it's very good. And Nicolas Cage is an excellent Dracula. Then, the next thing I watched was a new series called Based on a True Story. This is another one that I've been hearing about for months and I have been waiting for. It's about a woman who is obsessed with true crime podcasts. She and her husband figure out that the serial killer that is terrorizing their city is actually their plumber, Matt. And instead of telling the police about their suspicions, they decide the three of them will make a podcast about it. Oh, despite that description, it is a comedy. It is funny. It's very good. It stars Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina as Ava and Nathan Bartlett and Tom Bateman as Matt. Tom is not related to my lifelong crush, Jason Bateman, but Jason is an executive producer for the show. I really like the show. It is very well done. The episodes are about 30 minutes. All eight episodes of season one are available to watch right now. It's so good. But if I'm going to be honest with that cast, I probably would have loved it anyway. All right, guys, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So, as you know, I was off last week because I was spending time with some of my family. And as I said, it was great to see all of them. And next month, I'll get to see some more family. And I cannot wait. I'm very excited for that trip. But during this last visit, I actually had just uh, had gone down to Orlando for a few days to see some family. And as I said, it was me and my mom and two of my sisters and two of my aunts and some cousins. And it was just really nice. Um, there was uh, one little cousin that I hadn't met before that I was able to meet. And, and it was just very, a very nice visit. But there was this moment on my last day there and I was just sort of sitting there and, you know, like listening to all the conversations happening around me and all the stories that were being told. And suddenly I got like this, this very strong feeling of notice this moment. There is something significant happening here. You know, more significant than just being able to spend time with my family. And I thought about it for a few days and, and it just, you know, I kept coming back to that, that feeling, you know, being with my mom, my sisters, my aunts. And then after a few days, it just kind of came to me in that moment of being with my mom and my sisters and my aunts, I was experiencing the past, the present and the future all at once. All of the memories and stories my mom and aunts were telling of them growing up and remembering my childhood from just being around my sisters and also maybe getting a glimpse of my future, seeing my mom and her sisters as they are today. 
And I suddenly realized the importance of intergenerational relationships, especially for women. Now, my mom, just like myself, has three sisters. And there's a lot of parallels. And I started to notice this years ago between my, my mom and her three sisters and their relationship and me and my three sisters and our relationship. But especially as I'm getting older, the importance of, this, of these relationships are really becoming apparent to me. And that doesn't have to be someone you're related to. It can be anyone, older, younger, you know, that you can create that connection with. Of course, if they're related, then you have the benefit of familiarity. Studies have shown that children who experience close intergenerational ties are more likely to understand who they are and where they come from. This kind of relationship makes children feel special because of the presence of a loving and caring adult in their lives. Through their experience, an older adult can offer a safe space for the child to confide in. In the long run, the children are more likely to develop high self-esteem and confidence. This will help them withstand peer pressure and attain great grades in class. Now, I can look at one of my aunts and, and, and see so many similarities with one of my sisters, you know, like kind of draw parallels. Or I can look at one of my nieces and see myself in them when I was their age. The younger generation can benefit from the experience of the adult, older adults, while the older generations can benefit from social connections, from engaging with the children. Another benefit is that it allows both the older adults and the younger ones to gain a different perspective on life. I found an article on marriage.com, which talked about the four R's to help create and promote intergenerational relationships. The four R's are responsibility, respect, re I'm going to try and say this word that I always trip up on, reciprocity, <laughs> I can't believe I got it right the first time, and resilience. So responsibility, respect, reciprocity, and resilience, Whew, that's twice. Developing a sense of responsibility for the older generation is one method to improve intergenerational relationships. Younger and older children need to offer assistance and care to the older generation and improve their quality of life. They can also undertake tasks that help with the older adults' daily living, including, you know, maybe cleaning their house or mowing their lawn. But for this relationship to be successful, there needs to be respect for the older generation by the, by the younger generation. Usually the younger generation may not initially value that relationship. However, this tends to change when the younger generation starts to experience the joy and challenges of life's events. You know, like kids grow up and suddenly have a different perspective. <laughs> Imagine that, right? This promotes a renewed respect for the elders and their relevance in the family. I mean, think back just, you know, in your own life. How many times can you remember, maybe as a kid, sitting with your grandmother and hearing her go on about something and you're just kind of internally rolling your eyes, you know, never externally. I mean, at least not with my grandmothers, that kind of disrespect would be met with punishment quickly. But now, years later, as an adult, you're, if you're lucky enough to still have your grandmother, 
you no longer roll your eyes when she speaks. Instead, you cherish that time with her. Intergenerational relationships are also characterized by reciprocity, where the younger generation supports the older generation while the older generation helps the younger generation. This eases the burden. You know, like grandparents helping their child raise their grandchildren. I notice this in my own life where I will contact my niece, you know, if I need to know the current kind of climate or culture of something like, does this outfit still work? Or, you know, what are the quote kids these days saying about some social event? And don't even get me started on how many times I used to have to bug my poor nephew on anything dealing with like a technological issue. To his credit, (laughs) he was always very patient with me. But I have since learned how to use Google and YouTube. So Lucky for him, I know now I no longer need to bother him as much as I used to. And of course, change is inevitable. And this is no exception for families where resilience comes in. Something like divorce can really affect intergenerational relationships. According to a study conducted in 1998, it was found that there were different kinship patterns in middle class families after divorce. The study found that paternal parents reported decreased support of these families. But another study, this one done in 1987, found that paternal grandmothers increased their kinship networks. In these cases, the grandmothers dealt differently with divorce by adding networks with new daughters-in-laws and still maintaining contact with the former daughter-in-law. Grandmothers in this study seem to be trying to hold the entire family together, even after a divorce may have divided it. On this last visit with my family, my my mom, there was a a moment where my mom and and my sisters and I were all having breakfast. And we were just talking, not, not really about anything in particular, but at some point, who knows why, the conversation turned to my ex-husband. And my mom said something like, I still care for him. Of course, this was not news to me. I know my mom, so I was not surprised by this. But after my marriage ended, I didn't want anything to do with my ex. I couldn't even talk to him or even think about him without feeling just rage. Through the years, this has faded, and now he's just someone I used to know. But I've always known that my mom did not share this hatred that I had for him. And I have to admit that for a while that did bother me. Why didn't she hate him as much as I did? It took me years to accept that their history was not our history. Of course, she still cared for him. And I think it was in part because of that that over time, I was able to release some of my my anger towards him. Seeing him through her eyes freed me from a lifetime of resentment, and that is such a gift. In another article that I found, this one on wellfamily.com, it said that one of the biggest obstacles to creating a strong intergenerational relationship is lifestyle goals. Many older generations have a hard time accepting the lifestyle choice of their children and grandchildren. 
whether it be goals or career choices, younger generations tend to be more willing to take risks. But isn't that exactly when they should be taking risks? I remember growing up and you'd hear someone older say to you, do it now while you still can. You know, whether it was traveling, switching careers, or just choosing to put off having kids. I look at my nieces and nephews and I am so proud of who they've become and who they are becoming. Sure, they made different choices than I did when I was their age, but I'm just happy to see them doing well. And I can't wait to see what's coming for them. Older generations have so much to offer. They've seen it all. (laughs) They have their opinions. And you may agree or disagree with those opinions, but the wisdom of having had so much life experience should not be dismissed. Each generation has its own benefits and challenges. One grandmother might chastise her grandchild because in her day, there was no DoorDash. You had to create meals from scratch and they had to be on the table each evening by 5 p.m. sharp. So the grandmother might see the grandchild as lazy or wasting money when they order takeout instead of just cooking for themselves. But if the grandmother takes an honest look back, she will see that she also had advantages over her grandmother. An automated washing machine instead of a washboard. A gas stove instead of a wood one. Indoor plumbing. Another article I found was written by a therapist who said that the number one issue presented to her by her female patients is challenges connecting to older and younger generations within their family. Now, it's no surprise to anybody. I mean, it's pretty well known that Americans do not value the older generations as much as in other parts of the world. And while I am American, I was also fortunate enough to be raised, you know, within an Asian cultural influence where we are taught that your elders are to be respected and they are highly valued. I think as I was writing the podcast for this week, I realized that I am at the perfect age where I'm old enough to sort of turn my head in either direction and see the benefits of both the younger and the older generations. And, you know, I don't feel so distant from either one. It's kind of the perfect age when you think about it. The different generations have more in common than we may think. Even though they each lived through a different time in history, some things aren't affected by time. The generations that came after are supposed to be better than the ones before. Whether it's from wisdom gained from the older generations or looking at them and thinking, "Uh, I think I can do that better. Both are valuable lessons. When my family was together My sister talked uh, to my aunt about a book she had read that she thought my aunt would like. And when I'm with my nieces, we talk about shows, music, skincare. The age difference doesn't matter. Recently, the Association of Higher Education held an event where they wanted to highlight the female relationship between the different generations. They invited students to bring their mothers, grandmothers, and daughters to attend. 
Tables are set up for the families to eat at, with each table showcasing a different theme, event, or way that women have traditionally come together. Themes included education, book clubs, sports, cooking, quilting, sewing, gardening. The themes were meant to inspire conversation and a reflection on how women have shared knowledge and community. According to the post-event survey, 90% indicated that the event created a deeper connection, not only within their own family, but also with the other families that they met that day. Now, I know within my own family, whenever we get the opportunity to spend time with my mom, at some point, the conversation always turns to food. We want to know everything. We want every recipe, every type of food she grew up eating so that we can carry that with us and to the generations after us. I've had my niece contact me for one of my mother's recipes. And in this way, my mom will always be with us. And I still contact my mom if I'm working on a craft project and I get stuck. I'm not very crafty, but if I have any skills at all, it comes from my mom. And I realize that some listening may not have positive family relationships, but the benefits of spending time with the different generations isn't limited to just being related to them. I've had great relationships with coworkers who were both older and younger than me, and I learned valuable things from both. You can also volunteer your time to spend time with different generations. You can join a mentor program or maybe volunteer at a local nursing home. When I think about all the times that life got hard and I was having a difficult time dealing with something, I knew I could always turn to my family, my mom, her sisters, my cousins, my, my sisters. Believe me, I realize how lucky I am to be surrounded by so many loving and supportive women who have helped me more times than I can count. I was thinking about this the other day, and I remembered a night way back in the late 90s when I was living in Las Vegas, and I was having a really hard time. Living in Las Vegas is hard. It is a different lifestyle than the one I had in Buffalo, and I was really struggling. Things were not going well in my marriage. They were not going well in the home. They were not going well at work, and I was just doubting you know, our, our decision to move there. And one night, my Aunt Linda called. She was looking for my mom, but my mom was at home. And she and I ended up talking on the phone for hours. And eventually, I just kind of spilled out, you know, everything that I was feeling. And I started to cry. And I just, you know, was telling her I was really regretting moving to Las Vegas and, and she just listened, you know, and she talked to me and she told me, you know, about how she felt when she left home and, you know, that she kind of understood what I was going through. And we talked about her growing up and she told me things that I had never heard before. And I realized that my situation was not unique. And also, I wasn't helpless. I had options. I will always be so grateful for my Aunt Linda's love and kindness when I really needed it. I miss her very much. All of us are just small points on our lines of ancestry, and knowing who you are and where you come from can help future generations to understand their relevance. So if you are lucky enough to still be able to spend time with the older generations of your family, I urge you to do so. 
There is so much to be learned and appreciated on both sides. And the reality is our parents, our grandparents, they're aging. They're not always going to be here. So take advantage of the time you have with them while they're still here. Because just like they always say, no one ever spent their final hours wishing they'd spent more time at work. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 132. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, my so-called midlife podcast, and like the Facebook page, my so-called midlife podcast. Follow me on Instagram at my so-called midlife podcast. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. The second part is the important part. If you have questions or topic suggestions, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. I missed you and I love you. Bye.